Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and for this episode I'm joined by Nanette McGuinness from Ensemble for These Times. We'll be talking about Ensemble for These Times' fourth recording, The Guernica Project, which is out now and it's an absolutely fascinating story. And what you're listening to right now is Nanette singing on Ultimate Betrayal, which is the first movement of Geoffrey Hoover's Guernica. I hope you enjoy listening in to our conversation. Hi there. Hi, Nanette. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Thank you for joining me on Harmonious World. It's a real honour to talk to you from Ensemble for These Times and especially about the Guernica Project. So thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me and for having me to talk about it. Please tell me about how this came about because you at Ensemble for These Times, as a team, you commission works from modern composers. So how did the connection with the Guernica Project come about? That's a good question. So we had been um, doing music of underrepresented, exiled composers from the Holocaust, composers whose voices had been stilled, and Guernica kept coming up. So our first two recordings were of um, poetry, Jewish women's poetry, to set by my uh, co-founder, David Garner, Jewish women's poetry from the Holocaust, um, survivors. And then the second one was Hungarian composers, three of whom did not survive and one of whom did and came over to the US, which is how he survived. And as we were doing the research and Guernica kept coming up, it, it became clear that that was the next direction that we wanted to go for our projects because we do commissioning projects and then eventually we we record them. So um, in this case, we had had a call for scores when we rebranded in 2016 and it was a huge response. Um, we got, gosh, I think almost 300 scores from like 200 composers. It, it, we, we were just overwhelmed and wow. overwhelmed. Yeah, and overwhelmed by the talent as well. So we ended up picking 56 scores by 54 composers and rolling out the call for scores pieces over a three-year term. Instead of normally you would just pick a few, do a concert and you move on. But we just were like, this isn't fair. So we did that. And several of the composers seemed relevant in the call for scores. Um, one of them... Jeffrey Hoover, who sadly passed away a year ago unexpectedly, was also a painter as well as a composer and a musician, talented guy. And so as we were thinking through this, we chose his piece, uh, Burning Giraffe, which is um, an homage to Salvador Dali's painting. And we chose that piece in the call for scores. And then we, we commissioned him to write Guernica, because we thought his combined sensibilities would really be a good match. And then we paired that with um, Mario Carro's uh, call for scores piece, Altamar, which was set by um, setting a, a poet, Ernestina de Champorcine, who was relevant in this period. 
And um, we also picked a piece by Mercedes Zavala, um, which we didn't end up using on the CD. We, we, the, the minutes weren't quite working out and the recording studio time or recording hall time was, was running out. So we, we put instead on the CD, we put a different piece by her. And she was important to the uh, project because she actually was instrumental in bringing us over to Madrid to perform the Guernica project uh, where she spoke the um, Conservatorio Teresa Berganza and we also went uh, performed at the American Space. So oh, okay. that's that's the short version of how the project was conceived. Right. How wonderful that you had so many entries, so many submissions for your commissioning project. Yes. Yeah, so we really drowned in the response. We, we're a tiny group. You know, we don't have an admin. It, it's just us. My my uh, co-director, or now actually senior artistic advisor, and I'm now the artistic executive director. But back then we were just co-directors. And so much so that we waited until this year to do a second call for scores, um, which we did. And we, we made a very narrow window, a very narrow uh, it was only to be for piano because this year is our 15th anniversary. Oh. And yeah, and our our pianist Emerita, who's fabulous, the pianist on this CD, um, is coming back and doing a piano recital of the Cult for Scores. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it, it's going to be great. The pieces submitted were also very good. And despite a two-week window, we still got over 50 submissions. Wow. <laughs> yeah, we chose nine. <laughs> it was wow. more manageable. Yes, yes. So talk to me about the 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 main the piece that forms the center of this album, the Guernica for movement piece. Yeah, the idea was to have um a call and response um to the painting. Um and Jeffrey knew Guernica very well, but for most of us, Picasso's Guernica is an iconic masterpiece. If you've only seen two or three pieces of modern art, this may well be one of them. Yeah. Um, so Jeffrey wrote a four-movement piece. The opening movement, he used um, texts from the liturgy, texts from newspaper reports, and all the, the six languages of the different people involved in the original bombing. Spanish, obviously, Latin, German for the Nazis, um, English for the English reporter, Basque for the people, and so forth. Um, then the second movement is the marketplace, because the bombing happened deliberately, it is said, when the uh, square would be at its fullest and they could test out their bombs and do the most damage, which is just horrific. Mm -hmm. But um, so it happened on April 26, 1937 at, I believe, 4 p.m. late afternoon. The market was full and Jeffrey found a piece by a poem by Walter de la Mer that talked about the marketplace and said it very evocatively, I thought. Um, then oh, the yeah. third movement is really tragic it's in basque the the voices of the people the children and the parents looking for each other who can't find each other and then the fourth movement is an arc the arch form so bringing back 
material from the other other movements to kind of sum up what we've experienced. Um, for the Basque, he actually consulted with the Basque delegation in the United States to make sure he had the words right and the translation and so forth. And I also went to the local Basque group to uh, coach the pronunciation and make sure I got it right. Wow. Yeah, they were great. They were so helpful. And for the premiere of the project, they um, sent the um, Zaspiakpat dancers to do an honor dance to open the program. Oh, so, wow. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, that's amazing. There is a a musical chaos, in a good way, about all of the music, which I think resonates with the painting itself. And I, when I say musical chaos, I mean it's not a narrative that kind of goes easily any more than the painting does, because the painting mm, is full of mm. that chaos, which would have ensued for following a, the bombing of a marketplace of of any marketplace, but certainly um, of Guernica itself. In the first movement, which is kind of a snapshot of the before, I mean, in a sense, we have three snapshots. Um, and in the first movement, we have all the different voices tumbling out, the chaos yeah. that you're talking about. And yes. I think, I, I honestly think you're right that Jeffrey used his painterly senses to give him an inspiration for how to do the kind of the overall for that snapshot. The, the second and third movements in particular have got that. Jumble, yeah, yeah. Jumble, yeah, I think jumble is a better word than chaos, actually. Yeah, it's multiple voices. I mean, in the marketplace, we have all that's happening. And then at the tail end of the movement, things just peter out the way it would normally, but even more the way it did, obviously, that day when it was like an empty, de yeah. devastated spot. And then the third movement, as you say, it is a jumble of all the voices searching and not finding each other. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a that's a good observation, actually. I hadn't thought of it in those terms, but you know, you look at the painting all the time, so you you had that honed perception. Yes, and and it's actually it's it's right outside the door of my office at the bottom of the stairs, as I say, and so I'm constantly aware of it. So when I was playing the music when I first got it, I stood on the at, at the doorway of my office, looking at the painting as I was listening to. Honestly, it. It was incredible. And I wish that that could be the experience of people, that they could look at the painting while they're listening to the music, because it's clearly inspired by that. Yes. Oh, thank you. That's wonderful. Wonderful that you did that. And, and it's true. I mean, it is hard to get rights to famous paintings or else, of course, you know, we'd have yes. it all, or else we'd have it all through the booklet. But you're, you're right. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, um, there's another piece on the on the CD that we also did um, that has that multiple voices feeling, um, and it wasn't originally that way. The the haikus by Mercedes Zavala. Yes, well, I was going to talk to you about those because they're fascinating little tiny pieces, aren't they? Yes, yes, they are, and she's a very fine composer, um, and. Originally, when we did the piece, we did it when we went to Madrid, and I read all the haikus. Ah. And then when we performed it back in the U.S., my cellist, uh, the group's then cellist, 
wanted to do it because she had been an exchange student in Spain. And so Spanish was very close to her heart. And we were like, well, of course, you know. Yeah. But when we recorded it, I thought hard about it. And I felt my voice speaking, speaking Spanish wasn't authentic enough. And so what I wanted were different native Spanish speakers. I ended up doing from both the new world and the old world to have that same uh, clamor of all the voices represented who were there. And so that's how we kind of made it more, even more appropriate to this, to the project. Yes, it fits, doesn't it? The, the, mm -hmm. This set of haikus, this collection, just sit so well alongside the voices that you hear within the Guernica mm -hmm. piece. Well, the important thing, I think, in terms of history, too, is here we are, where we have a major world power bombing civilians, doing horror, not for, for a reason that the rest of the civilized world is just going like, you know, yeah, um, horrified by. And for Picasso, as as you well know, he he had been um, commissioned to paint something for the Paris Expo at the Sp uh, Spanish Pavilion, and he hadn't yet settled on a subject when this happened. You you know, um, yeah. much of his art had been apolitical. It wasn't what he was thinking. And when this happened, his mind immediately went there, and he painted this this amazing masterpiece in response. And I think yes, and I think as you say. If people have only seen two or three pieces of modern art, this is probably going to be one of them. Right. Seared in their memory, because that's kind of what it's what it's like. Um, it was the first it's said to have been. And I think it was the first major carpet bombing of a civilian population and just an awful harbinger of the the 20th and 21st century to come. Absolutely. And I think it's. It's often confused with the Second World War because it's so close, isn't it? 1937 is so close to the start of the of the Second World War. And the fact that it was in Spain and, and many people, particularly here in Britain, we, we all ex have experienced going to Spain on holiday. You know, we're very <laughs> familiar with Spain and the Spanish. And to try and understand something of that fairly modern history I think is is really interesting and and I'm a great believer in using the arts whether that's visual arts or music particularly to keep in our minds the horrors of war and the 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 tragedies of people involved and, and I'm I'm actually fairly confident that there will be some amazing pieces of work coming out of you, the Ukrainian. You you can't even call it a war because it's not a war. They're not, there's no war going on. It's just Russia doing its thing. Um, but I'm very confident that there will be some amazing pieces of work that come out of that as well. Yeah, I agree. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there, there will be um, in, in my history textbook, um, and I'm sure this is the the case for most American students. The Spanish Civil War gets maybe a paragraph, if you're lucky, on the way to World War II. Yeah. Um, and Guernica, not at all. I don't believe I'd read about it when I was in high school. And I I liked history, so it is. It's an important 
thing. And um, Picasso actually, I believe, um, stipulated that the painting couldn't be housed permanently in Spain until Franco was was gone and the dictatorship was gone. So it, it lived, I think it lived in New York for years. Right. It didn't go back until after Franco's death in the 80s. I think it was the 80s, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think it was the early 80s. I, yes, as, as you say, sometimes that history is a little vague, but but yeah. I think what matters is that we can see it now. Yeah, and and with music, it speaks to us and painting as well, art as well, viscerally, in a way that reading words on a paint on a page does not. So I'm in total agreement with you. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. On the Guernica Project album, there are a, a set of beautiful songs by David Garner, who's a very fine composer. Um, uh, El alma y la memoria, which is the setting Antonio Machado, um, another relevant poet because he and his mom were forced to flee and his mom perished after they fled. They had to leave their uh, his brother back. And there's also a Richikar based on the long name of Pablo Picasso. And uh, this was this was my idea. I, I said to, uh, to David Garner, I said, wouldn't this be an interesting piano piece for Dale, who is now his wife? They got married. Very, it's very sweet. Um, yeah. So for Dale, who is an amazing pianist to play and Picasso's name is, you know, name after name after syllable after name. So he actually didn't use the full name. He used parts of it. And then he liked the idea so much. He went on to write a set of, I think, five other piano pieces inspired by artists. And each one has the, uh, has the sensibility of that artist. So oh. our next album will be again with Centaur. Um, I've done, I think, all but one of my own and the group's recordings with Centaur. And it's um, Exiles and Emigres, or maybe we're calling it Emigres and Exiles, in Hollywood, which is for us a multi-year project where we've been delving into Music, chamber music mostly, but a, a few arrangements by those talented uh, composers who fled Europe in the 1930s and 40s. They came over here. They brought their uh, European opera, movie, film writing sensibilities and were a major part of creating today's Hollywood sound. When you listen to John Williams, you hear the heritage and those who didn't write for the movies taught the generation. So Schoenberg, Arnold Schoenberg, is one of those composers. Um, Ernst Tach, these were major teachers in Southern California. So between teaching and movies, they left an incredible imprint on the world music scene. We think of America as being a, a sort of a hotbed of, of people from all over the world. <laughs> And I think Hollywood almost encapsulates that at its finest, really, although not always at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> we hope at its finest, we wince yeah. when it's not, right? Absolutely. But, I think that's that's absolutely right. But, yeah. Oh, well, that sounds very interesting. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So we started that, we did the first glimpses of it in 2017 for our 10-year anniversary. Yeah. And then we, because we were doing 
the film noir project. And then we wanted to expand it. And so the next year we did, we toured it to the Krakow Jewish Culture Festival. And then we toured it to um, the, the uh, Paderewski Festival in Southern California. And that we called it uh, Dracula Rising, Ghosts of Hollywood. And then we took it to the Los Angeles Museum of the Holocaust. And then this year we were invited back to the to Krakow for the festival. And we focused more on Polish composers. And there, there are people like uh, Roja, who's Hungarian, and uh, Korngold, Austrian, but and Alexander Tansman, who went to the U.S. and then re-emigrated to uh, Paris, to France. Oh, so, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds fascinating. You you definitely do some exciting projects, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we try to do things that will interest us and we hope will interest other people and listeners as well. And so far, it's it's working rather well. Excellent. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it, Nanette. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be on your, your podcast. Thank you. you enjoyed listening to that conversation with Nanette McGuinness from Ensemble for These Times. Nanette and I were discussing the Guernica project and what you're listening to now is the fourth movement of Geoffrey Hoover's Guernica. I hope you continue to enjoy listening to Harmonious World. Please note I've now got a subscribers button on each episode so if you'd like to subscribe please just click on that. And thank you for your support in any case, whether that's financial or just listening in. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Harmonious World. My name is Hilary Seabrook and it's a great delight to bring this series of discussions with musicians and composers 
and writers and all sorts of people to you. Obviously, there's no point in having a podcast if people aren't listening, and I'm very grateful to my listeners for doing so. Thanks also to Joe English for composing and performing this new theme tune. So wherever you get your podcast, you can leave a review. You can share this with your friends and family, either as a link or on social media and that sort of thing. I'd be really grateful for that. Don't forget that you can subscribe now. There's a link wherever you get your podcasts. So have a great week and please remember why I started this, which is just to try and make the world a little more harmonious. Thanks for listening to Harmonious World.